This is Podco Media Networks. Welcome to Be Brave at Work, a podcast devoted to helping you take the next step in your workplace. Each week, we'll be talking with real people with real stories about things they have not said or done or have said or done in their workplace that required bravery. Let's get started. We're continuing our conversation with John Borovka, the Vice President of Sales for the Intellectual Property Group at a large records management company based in Boston. Last week, John began to share with us a story about how an acquisition caused him to look at the new leadership of his organization, as well as his own leadership style. Let's continue to listen to John. As you think back on it, why don't you think you or your colleague showed the bravery or the interest in talking more openly and transparently about what you were really experiencing? I don't know. I've never talked. That vice president left a few years later, the business, after changes were made, which which we'll talk. I assume we'll have a chance to talk about outcomes a bit, Ed. He left. And I lost contact with him, and I've never had that proverbial beer with him to kind of debrief afterwards about what had happened and how it had gone wrong. But I'll tell you, it was back to that belief that I confused trusting in him and not recognizing that while he may have known a lot about the industry and the business that we were in, he, like myself, was very new to this integration piece and had never had a task this big. And I probably never made it comfortable for him to be able to have a candid conversation with me. And at the same time, I kind of didn't want to have him feel like I was mistrusting him by going down a level and rolling up my sleeves and getting into it or really asking for a detailed process. Because to me, it seemed like it was pretty easy. We had good practices. We had good procedures in the business. And it was just a question of putting aside the fact that we had been competitors and been on different teams and just consolidating that and working that off like on a project plan and a timeline. And so not really creating that environment for each of us to have that candid conversation, I think, is what really got us in the end, so to speak. And so upon reflection, would you say that's something that you would think about doing differently is creating kind of the comfort with other new leaders? to talk with you openly about what they're experiencing, good and bad, right? It's not always bad things. It could be good advancements or progress being made. But is that one of the lessons that you would share with others? Absolutely. And I think the lessons in really three different lessons that I learned there, and I can tell you that I've never made this mistake again since making that mistake, because it was painful what happened the outcome a year later for my role as the general manager. But, you know, it's a hard lesson that I learned. And what's really important, I think, Ed, is not only creating that environment, but having the foresight to be able to recognize when either you're struggling or somebody else is struggling and go look for that help from perhaps a mentor or a peer somewhere else on how to, you know, how to get the project back on track and how to get the integration back on track. You know, luckily nothing bad happened to the business. You know, actually 
all goodness came from it. Revenues continued to grow. The businesses continued to grow, but the process wasn't as smooth as it should have been. Well, and I love that word foresight, because so often when we think about bravery, we're thinking about the past or what we could have done differently. We all tend to kind of go there in respect to behaviors or conversations, yet bravery oftentimes requires foresight with it, which is this ability to look to the future and get a sense of the direction you're going. And if the direction doesn't make you feel good or doesn't feel like it's the right way, it means you should pause and potentially do things or say things that you need to do in order to kind of realign the organization. So I think it is this combination of past experience or interactions with others, but also having this ability to look to the future and focus on the future in respect to kind of the direction that you're going. Absolutely. And, you know, vision, foresight, you can call it what you want, but my three biggest takeaways at, from this experience was, first of all, I'm a very instinctive person. I think I'm a good judge of character and people. Not as good back then, but I've gotten better. But there's a piece in my gut that knew something was, was not right. I don't think these three things I'm going to share with you in terms of lessons learned are all combined. One doesn't operate well without the other. Now, when I, in hindsight, when I look back, I should have trusted my gut. I had been given a promotion. I'd been given an opportunity to sort of break out of the mold of being a sales guy and a sales leader, a marketing sales leader. And while I was very skilled in the industry and in the business, I knew something operationally wasn't going right. And I should have paid more attention to what my gut was telling me and making sure that the instinct that I had was matching with what I was hearing. So meaning I felt something was wrong, but I couldn't quite pin it down. And when I talked to our VP of operations, he continued to reassure me that things were on track and I should have pushed a little bit more to know and to get down to that emotional level to find out, okay, what what is really happening and not ignore the noise I was hearing below. The second piece that's tied to your gut is what better is to instinctively know your gut is telling you something and then be able to go out and verify it. So I'll steal Ronald Reagan, President Reagan's line during the U.S. and Russian disarmament around trust but verify. Mm -hmm. I should have trusted this VP because that was important in my mind to the integration and the coexistence of the two businesses but I should have verified. And when you look at people in the military, you know, they plan, they review, they execute, and then they debrief on those plans. And before our elite forces in the military go out and run missions, they rehearse this over and over and tweak and candidly speak about what's right and what's wrong and what needs to be adjusted. And so I certainly didn't and do that. And I'm not comparing myself in no way or shape to the brave men and women of our military, but it's a lesson you learn that you say you got to get down into the weeds to make sure that the stories are matching. And they're not just matching in one place, they're matching in many different places. Last, 
is at the beginning, and we talked about this, you know, is setting the right expectations and being clear about what the outcomes are. And by that, I don't mean micromanaging somebody, but telling them this is what has to happen. This is what the outcomes need to be. And I always joke around that sometimes it's, you know, if you want something done right, do it yourself. Well, this is the next best thing. If you can't go out and do it yourself, which in today's world where diversity in people and ideas is what's helping business move forward faster than ever, the truth is you can't do it yourself anymore. And you have to rely on people to get the job done. But you need to have the right people in the job and be clear about what you want and what the outcomes are that you're looking for or the business is looking for. John, this is one of the reasons that I love that we have real business leaders with real stories on our podcast, because those three lessons, most folks can really relate to. And if I could repeat them just for our listeners, the first one is listen to your gut. If something just doesn't feel right or you get a sense that something needs to be done a little bit differently, you need to honor it. And that means do something about it. Maybe speak to a colleague and say, hey, I need to get something off my chest and just share something with you. I think I need to do something about this, but I'd love your feedback. So listen to your gut and ensure that you're doing something about it and not just ignoring it or avoiding it. Second, trust but verify, right? So we all want to trust others. We all want to be trusted. When I work with clients, we call them milestones. To your point, you don't want to micromanage people but you do need to ensure that we're going in the right direction. And so you can create really big milestones in programs or projects or activities that they're working on to ensure that as you check in on a recurring basis, the milestones are getting met. And that way you can verify at the same time that you're trusting the person that you're working with. And then lastly, which I love, you know, early on in the relationship, regardless of who you are or where you are or what the nature of your business is, Setting the right expectations as to what you're looking for and the right outcomes is critical because people, if they don't have clear expectations, are going to follow their own expectations and that creates gaps. And when you have gaps, you have conflict and we don't want to have gaps, right? We want to ensure that we're all going in the same direction. So ensuring that you're setting the right expectations and then ensuring that you're getting the right outcomes are critical. John, those are three really, really good lessons that people can learn from. Thank you so much. No problem. And I think you said it well, Ed, when you create those gaps, often it's when you have those gaps that you are either going to act with bravery and say something, or perhaps you're going to be sheepish about it and not say something and let it go and get worse, or you're not going to say what needs to be said. Right. Experts would tell you that when you create gaps, There's a difference in expectations and those expectation differences create conflict. And most of us as adults, and when I say most of us, I think statistics show it's like 70 to 80% of people don't like conflict. And so you do avoid or delay doing something because it's not because you're not brave, but because you don't like conflict and you don't want it going in directions that you don't want it to go in. So John, thank you so much for spending some time with us talking about being braver in the workplace and your candor and honesty and respect to your story. If people want to talk a little bit more about this topic with you, is there a way that they could reach out and connect with you? Absolutely, Ed. And first of all, before I share my details, I just want to thank you for having me on the show. This was great. It was a great 25 plus minutes. And hopefully 
there's something in here for your listeners. And I wish you and the Excelius team the best of luck in the new year. In terms of contacting me, the best way is just reach out to me at my work address. It's John, J-O-H-N dot Barufka, B-O-R-U-V-K-A at ironmountain.com. And oops, I gave up the name of the large records management company. But you can Google me and find me on LinkedIn as well. And hit me up there or shoot me an email. And if there's anything that I can do to help, I'll be happy to do that. Terrific. Thank you, John. And I just want to remind our listeners that the recordings that we are currently making are all available at the BeBraveAtWork.com website. So if you Google Be Brave at Work, and it's not the symbol for at, but the word at, Com. You can hear all of the podcasts that we have recorded to date, as well as subscribe. So we'd love you to subscribe so you can get a quick reminder each Monday when a new podcast is posted. So, John, thank you once again. And thank you to all of our listeners. Have a great week. You too, Ed. Take care. <laughs>